And it is a sweet, sweet Friday. I think we can safely declare that it is a uh, sweet, sweet Friday. Looking forward to uh, getting on a train later on this morning, actually, uh, off to, well, not Montreal, frankly. We'll never get to Montreal. We're going to be in saint Lazare, which is outside of Montreal. It's kind of like going to Burlington. And uh, that's because the sister-in-law is having a birthday of considerable significance that she does not want anybody to actually mention. So I'll, I'll just keep moving. Now, you know me, I've been collecting urban myths for decades. And I started with like urban mythology, like the vanishing hitchhiker and stories like that that people used to tell. And then I got into conspiracy theories and sort of extremist nonsense, you know, silly stuff that is provably wrong, like the big lie that the 2020 election was stolen. And I always thought that with the advance of the internet, people were going to be able to go online and say, oh, okay, I've just discovered this isn't true. But actually, it's been the reverse. The internet has fueled conspiracy theories and extremist ideology. And as it turns out, the uh, Canadian security intelligence people warned some time ago that as a result of COVID and all of the deprivations we may have suffered during the COVID shutdown, uh, they warned that it was probably going to ramp up conspiracy theorists. And uh, it so it has. Stephanie Carvin is a former national security analyst, now professor of international relations at Carleton University, joins us for some perspective on the story. Nice to have you. Good morning, professor. Hey, good morning. Okay, so when we talk about fueling conspiracy theories, what sort of theories are, are we talking about? Well, you know, conspiracy theories and extremist movements have a long history. Uh, there was actually a really interesting study done um, a few years ago now, but the key point uh, of, of the study was to show that every extremist movement believes in at least one conspiracy theory, right? So um, often, you know, you know, conspiracy theories don't cause extremist movements, but they certainly seem to be some kind of driver or push or pull factor uh, with regards to how these movements actually operate. So when we're talking about a lot of the conspiracies and extremist movements that we saw during the uh, pandemic, and, and many of which have continued into the present day, it was a lot of, um, like like a lot of recycling going on, um, like ideas about world government and control. Like these are things that date back to the 1920s, 1930s, right? Like in some form. Um, others were kind of new. The idea that, um, you know, 5G cell towers were actually causing COVID. Um, you know, the idea that um, vaccines were bad. I mean, that's actually an old one too. Um, and and the, the, other, uh, the idea of a pandemic, right? I think that was actually the name of a document that was out there. The idea that there's an all-knowing, all-seeing force out there that is in charge of global events and that they are uh, planning the destruction of our societies, either through um, con uh, uh, these kind of uh, conspiracies to create a... Um, 
you know, this the, or have this pandemic or alternatively um, to through mass migration, right? So they, they kind of people pick and choose. It's a little bit of a cafeteria and it's kind of what's just true for them in that moment. So I have to think the reason why CSIS would have warned about this is at the core of most conspiracy theories is the idea that government is too powerful or that certain people are conspiring to run our governments and to run our lives. And during COVID, obviously, government authority became even more of a, a pressing concern. So, again, I'm, I'm thinking that the fuel for all of this was the idea that government was overreaching during COVID. I think that was part of it. I think also part of it probably stemmed from the fact that um, COVID was terrifying, right? Like COVID's terrifying. And I think that kind of sends people off into a direction where they're looking for some reason to explain everything. And the idea that, you know, maybe maybe you're already kind of angry at the government anyways, right? As you say, uh, maybe that, you know, and, and you see this kind of large government overreach that's stopping you from seeing your grandmother who's in, in, a, in a long-term care home or something like this. Um, and then you're kind of looking for someone to blame right? Because this was a horrible thing and it's hard to blame just a virus, right? Um, and so I think that, you know, this idea that you're looking for some kind of explanation, some kind of rationale for why we're all living in this way does play a large role in why people might be seeking answers from uh, alternative sources. So is this kind of a permanent scenario moving forward? Did uh, COVID kind of lay the groundwork for people to believe that George Soros is trying to run their lives? You know, when I, I watched, <laughs> I remember when uh, the Stephen Colbert show debuted, and I think you can still see the original clip on YouTube, and he talked about truthiness, right? He talked about this idea that, you know, we're, we're moving into a situation where people can believe uh, the news that they feel mo that mo that resonates with them, not what's actually true, but the news that they feel explains their lives or resonates with them the most. And, you know, facts be darned. Um, and I think that's where we are, right? Like we can all hold up our own mirror to the news. We can all form our own lens now. And if I don't like what I read in the newspaper, well, chances are I can find another source out there that can give me an alternative view as to what uh, you know, what, or how I feel. And, and I can feel justified in that people, people share news because, or, or, you know, articles or things like that. Um, because, you know, it, it gives them some kind of pleasure to kind of, uh, share that with their friends and, and, and bring their kind of points of view forward. So is this going to stay? Yeah, I, I think it's actually getting worse. <laughs> I don't think this is getting any better anytime soon. And, you know, with what we're seeing on Twitter these days, with what we're seeing, um, maybe now to a lesser extent on Facebook, but certainly other platforms like TikTok. The fact that states have realized that this is a very powerful weapon that they can target democratic societies with. Um, yeah, I, I can see why the uh, why CSIS was concerned. And, and frankly, I think a lot more of us should be concerned. Thanks a lot for this. Good to talk with you. Hey, thanks for having me on. Stephanie Carvin is at Carleton University. So they had a big gold heist at the airport. And, you know, Robert Turner, I'm trying not to be, you know, to romanticize this, but nobody got hurt. So, you know, people are always going to be intrigued at the idea of being able to heist $20 million in gold and other high value goods at Pearson Airport. And on News Talk tonight, last night, Mark Mendelson joined Jim Richards and talked about the fact that the airport is supposed to be incredibly secure, but clearly something 
went wrong. You know, these facilities, like the cargo facilities at Pearson, um, you know, are, are, are staffed by people who, A, have security clearances or are supposed to have security clearances. Uh, there are cameras all over these areas um and there are very tight controls on vehicles that are coming in and going out mm. and so the gold apparently weighs somewhere in the range of about 3200 pounds so it's not going to go in your knapsack as you leave uh, work at the end of the day yeah and you know like i said i'm trying not to romanticize this but uh i think people are always going to be intrigued and you know did Catherine zeta jones put on her big leather suit and go around all the lasers. I mean, how did they pull this thing off? I also love the fact that, like, we've been so many stories about people who've put, like, an air tag in their luggage <laughs> to make sure they don't lose, like, their favorite beach clothes. Yes. And apparently there was a container with, like, $20 million worth of stuff, and they don't have the ability to track it. I also want to know, like, who's shipping gold? I mean, where was it going? What's uh, Who's it from? Who's it to?